All right, welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Kind of a a special one this week as we just got back from the Monument Valley Ultra Marathons um, in Monument Valley, Utah, Arizona, whatever, like right on the borderline. Um, so I promised you a three-way <laughs> race review, race report with my friends Brady Manriquez, who ran his first ever race, and my buddy Travis Steffen, who, I mean, dude, <laughs> he just beast-moded his way through 50 miles on no training. So <laughs> I know I promised you guys that, and it is going to come out this weekend, um, but I kind of thought that... You know, we were as we were discussing it, we're like, okay, we want to tell three different race reports or race stories, um, mine, Travis, and Brady's. And I kind of thought as the host of the show, I wanted to get mine out of the way. That way, when they're telling their stories, I'm completely actively listening to them um, rather than kind of thinking about all the things that I wanted to make sure I got in about my experience. So today we uh, are bringing back Brady Manriquez. It's a little different format. Brady's going to be kind of, kind of our our host, sort of, and I'm going to explain my experience doing the Monument Valley 50 miler. So what's up, Brady? Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me back on. I'm going to try and not talk the entire time like I did last time, but. Uh, yeah, you had a completely, I think all three of us had completely different experiences during this race. Like, I think that's probably fair to say everyone has their own unique experience after a crazy trail run like that. So my half marathon experience is going to be something a little different than your 50 mile experience where you did, I, I, spoiler alert, I guess, like you did exceptionally well. Thank you, um, man. And Travis's is just a whole other animal in itself too with little training almost no long runs almost and means a, dramat- a no, dramatic no. finish too. yeah almost means zero <laughs> <laughs> we, we showed up and, and you guys showed up and i was i was asking them you know how training go it's like oh it went, it went all right <laughs> i was like what do you mean all right how many long runs did you do zero mm-hmm Oh my gosh. Yeah. Travis's tail is, uh, it's exceptional. Every time leading up to the race, I was in a car with Travis for like five hours from the drive to like Phoenix to, um, Monument Valley. And it quickly became clear. Like every, t- we would just had mer- nervous laughter for him the whole way up. Cause you just knew this, he's in, in for a crazy race, but we'll talk more about him later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, tune back in this weekend. Like I said, this is a special release. We're releasing two this week because of this event. And really, the one uh, that me and you and Travis are recording tomorrow night, it's going to be like a big celebration. And I mean, first of all, I learned a lot from you and your whole journey to complete this race. But I also, just seeing Travis walk through that finish line... Oh my gosh! It was like the Terminator. It was like, it was a beast. It was, like, but oh my gosh, that was it was an incredibly like raw, brutal, 
thing to go through and you could see it when you got him back into the cabin especially oh my gosh yeah well we <laughs> we both as we were waiting for him we both kind of thought that there was a chance he would just walk through the finish line without saying a word and punch us in the face <laughs> You you thought this. I didn't think you. I don't know why you thought that. But well, and as he walked towards us, I had that brief <laughs> second. Like, <laughs> he looked like he was gonna punch somebody. Like, should he I just, put my hands well, up and block? You know, I, at that point, he was gonna punch anyone just to take their coat. He was cold, so yeah. <laughs> I think well, that's what was happening. He he also said he wouldn't have had any energy to punch. And he only had energy to break down and cry. <laughs> so needless to say, man, it was a, it was, I mean, I built this weekend up in my mind for months now. We signed up all the way back in August. Yeah. It's been a long, long time focusing on this one goal. Um, kind of both big goals for the two of us, like respectively. For sure. Man. He was the experience, like the wisdom of the experienced runner. I'm the, total rookie runner like but both of these mountains seemed huge to get over top of for sure well and i guess if i wanted to leave the listener with anything it's that you should sign up for an event that does a couple of things i want it to challenge you something maybe you're uncomfortable with i'm not comfortable running 50 miles dude <laughs> <laughs> But so sign up for something that you're uncomfortable with, something epic, something that when you complete, you will be proud of, and it will have been uh, just a life experience. And then I also believe you should sign up for something in a beautiful part of the world you've never seen before. And yeah. holy I, crap, let's Monument pause Valley. On that for a second. Yeah, right out the back door of the cabin we were staying in was one of the greatest sunrises uh, it doesn't even really seem real it's crazy i dude i can't believe we were there two days ago two mornings ago <laughs> we know. were there we were watching the sunrise over the mittens and merrick butte and well i think that's a i think that's a really good idea though i mean if you're going to do an event if you want to do like a vacation make it a, a like a destination trail race is a great thing to do once or twice a year you know that's it's a lot of fun too Exactly. And I, I looked at this personally, I looked at this race as my big event this year. And to share that experience with two of my best friends, my wife and kids, and even my aunt and uncle <laughs> who showed up at the yeah, aid station, yeah. to share that with all you guys just meant so much to me, man. And like, I mean, we all have tough times in life and you know, you get kind of stuck with the routine and maybe feeling a little complacent. And then just to have something so outside of the norm is just so powerful. Like, honestly, it helped me put a lot of things into perspective and it helped me just kind of experience all the positivity in life. You know what I mean? All in one weekend, dude, it's crazy, man. A 50 miler, you experience all the feelings. All of them. Well, I, I think one of the one of the questions I got a, a couple of times leading up to this, and literally just a couple of days before um, traveling out there, you, the question you get a lot is like, "What the heck do you think about while you're running that far? Like, what the heck do you think?" And the answer I think is like everything, you know, <laughs> everything, everything and nothing. It's one of those contradictions. I love 
um, contradictions. You think about everything, and then your your mind goes blank as well. Yeah. And it's everything in between. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you've talked about trying to like have gratitude and during your race and think about specific things when you race as well. Like you've dedicated certain miles like to thinking about something, right? That's I think people would want to know like what do you do for 50 miles in your head <laughs> yeah. rather than just your body too. Yeah, man. Well, okay, I guess if I had to break the race down a bit, um I guess let's just get into it because yeah, I have a lot of things to say about that, but they all kind of happen at mm-hmm. different points of the race for me. Oh, there's a chronology to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so where do you want to start from? Yeah. So we, we, well, you know, just to start the whole thing is my wife and daughters and I, my three-year-old and my seven-month-old went on a little mini road trip and man, my wife and I were talking, we haven't gone on a, like a serious road trip in four years. Uh, four years ago, we went from San Francisco to Seattle and that was just me and her and that was before kids and you know we 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 made a kid on the trip uh (laughs) after climbing mount st helens um uh but man like so looking back i mean this trip will always mean something to me because it was my very first road trip family vacation with my kids and yeah, so the, I mean, that was this is a pretty meaningful weekend. Then there's a lot yeah, packed into for not sure, just the man. weekend, but the the trip out with the whole family too. Which, by the way, we were living in, in close quarters, so we were all a little bit of a family there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I held. I, I skipped to the day after the race real quick. Just one quick story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know what you're gonna you know, say. <laughs> you know, coffee in the morning, and I'm kind of like checking out what aches and pains and kind of everything. I kind of go to you, I'm like, man, my, my upper back, like my trap, like, wow, did that? And you go, oh, that's, that's, that doesn't hurt on me. And, you know, you ran 50 miles, so you, there's kind of a little bit of silence, and you go, are you sore from holding my daughters? I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> like, of everything that was sore the next day, uh, holding Zoe and Harper and, like, carrying them around, I was sore in my upper back yet, uh, the, the day after. <laughs> Dude, you gotta be in shape to be dad. Come on, man. You got a little, you got a little yeah. dad mode experience all day Saturday. I know. After your I got, race. I got a, 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 some experience in what you call exercise, which is the <laughs> the extra activity that happens after a long race. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you go on a long run as dad, and you come home at nine in the morning. You just ran twelve miles or something, and, or you just climbed a mountain. <laughs> And you just want to sit on the couch, but you have to carry your kids around or go for walks or <laughs> play with them in the yard. Extra size. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole family being there, um, it was great. It was it was awesome. It definitely added to it. I think when you first started doing um, trail running and long running, were you going to these things solo? Or like, would Lindsay show up with you? Or like, or did you always try to do this? group trip with a a bunch of people all going to like some kind of crazy adventure thing oh that's a good question man um my very first 50k was in charlotte and i went to that one by myself um it was at the u.s national whitewater center and we did like three loops through the trail there um and i went through it by myself and you know the it's just different man you get to the end when your family's there and you get to hug your kids I mean, that's way more meaningful than uh, 
than my usual go-to of pizza and beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, it, that's another question I want to ask is like with your family there and like Lindsay's driving the girls and, and I and like aunt and uncle are showing up at these aid stations and trying to like meet you. What kind of, I mean, do you get some energy when you see family members mid-race like that? Or is that like, I have to imagine that gives you at least a little bit, even if it's a temporary boost, something. Dude, for sure. I mean, you know, that's something, see, the thing about these races is you have to break them down into sections. You can't, when you first start, you can't be like, okay, mile one down, 49 miles to go. (laughs) Okay. You know, you got to break it down. So you got to, you know, I got to the first aid station, um, got to the second aid station. And then to give yourself little rewards along the way, like knowing when you get to mile 33, you're going to see your wife and kids. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and eat some banana bread and see your best friend Brady. You know what I mean? Like that's a huge boost and that's a huge reward for getting that far. Because, you know, you're not getting rewards the whole entire race. The ending's amazing, but you got you got nine or ten hours before you get to the ending, you know? And you yeah. got to keep yourself oh motivated in that time. And motivation comes and goes like waves at, throughout well, that, you know? Nine or, ten, nine or ten hours only for a few people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not everyone ran, nine, was it 9.15? 9.15, yeah. Uh, somewhere around there. Dude, 29th. No, I think it was nineteenth, right? Yeah, nineteenth. So. That's right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that anyway. kind of blew my mind too. To be honest with you, I was shooting for under ten, and I thought I could get there under ten, but I did not expect. You just don't know with a place like that. You didn't really. You couldn't really. Yeah, that was overall. I mean, I don't even know how you answer this question. Challenging race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was challenging for sure. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get so so you know we woke up the the morning of the race and uh, you walked Travis and I down to the start line because we we were starting an hour earlier than you, and <laughs> I mean it made me laugh. I I wasn't I was feeling anxious but not nervous. You know what I mean? Um, and I could tell you and Travis were definitely feeling a bit nervous. Uh, <laughs> First race, man, and it's in the desert. First, and dude, understandably the, so. The, the longest distance I've ever run, I was pretty nervous. Even though I was confident, I'm going to finish this thing. Yeah. I was pretty nervous. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so Travis, I go down there, and they start doing the prayer ceremony, which was which was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as the sun rose over the mitten, so we all faced the east. And uh, Yeah, what a way to wake up in the morning. For that, real, man. That's the greatest sunrise I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my gosh. And so we start off and pretty quickly, you know, I'm hanging with Travis, but then, you know, we go our separate ways. And uh, honestly, man, the first seven or eight miles were fairly uneventful. You know, you had an aid station stop in there. Uh, what, what was what's the distance to the first aid station? Because you get to that real quick. Right? Yeah, it was like 2.5. It was the East Minton aid station. Um, mm-hmm. 2.5, nothing crazy there then you ran up this road for probably four miles or so um and you got the very first time so you went through this aid station called three sisters three separate times so this was the first time you went there um and it's beautiful man i mean dude you you got all these these three i think they're called spires just shooting up and Yeah. yeah they look like giant chimneys almost 
And that's in the distance, and that's connected to this thing called Mitchell Mesa, um, just a really tall geologic structure. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's a mountain-esque, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the very first loop is you climb that. So you turn around the corner, you go through these sand dunes, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, this is going to be a sandy course. Like, it's going to be really stinking sandy. The realization of what, what the sand meant when that sets in where you go, oh, this is the level of efficiency that I'm going to run at because of the sand. Yeah. When that, start, when that started to set in was, I was like, oh, well, time to adjust the plan yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. my mind. But, no, exactly. And you're like, oh, I didn't do any sand running. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended no, up. The, the, you the ended sand up, was a huge factor. Dude, sand was a giant factor all day long, really. <laughs> and not even. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it was kind of a factor, but. You know, at the very you're, end, you're still fresh. Yeah, still fresh. You know what I mean? Fresh, and so it just wasn't as, it. It wasn't as bad. You know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so you you'd have a better perspective of the entire course, like what section actually had the most rock versus sand versus hills versus flat. Yeah. You have a, a pretty good perspective of the whole thing. That the climb of that first mesa, um, I have to say, from where we had our cabins and from the view hotel. That looked impossibly tall from where the start line was. And you don't really get a perspective on what you what the actual climb looked like, but the height that you got to was impressive. It was crazy to see that. Um, and it probably wasn't even that big a climb compared to what you're used to with, with mountain climbing, but, I mean, how, did it, uh, how are you prepared for that being in the mountains all the time? Well, honestly, man, I feel the thing I was worried about the most on this whole course was how flat it was because I'm used to going up and down and up and down and up and down. But the constant because when you're going up, you're using different muscles than when you're going down and you're using different muscles than when you're Mm -hmm. going flat. So if the trail's constantly changing, you're kind of sort of staying fresh. But this one was so flat, I was worried just that same motion. So I was actually really looking forward to the climb. Not only for that, but, you know, you're kind of doing the race for this awesome view that most people don't yeah. get to see, you know. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of this course you're not allowed to go on by yourself. You you always need a, a Navajo guide. And I'm not even sure if they guide people up Mitchell Mesa, to be honest with you. Um, so, so, yeah, I was looking forward to the climb. The only, honestly, if I had to make one tiny critique of the whole entire race um which was an amazing race sign up for it one million percent but the only critique I think it's I, fair. you can have critique i can't that's have that's critique. i got a critique <laughs> the only critique i have is that they started the 50k runners up mitchell mesa but they had a shorter distance to get there so all the 50 milers had to pass the 50k oh. runners. and so you're passing kind of people who are running at their own pace and you're trying to run at your own pace, but you know, you're already behind them. So your own pace is probably a little bit faster and just Mm -hmm. constantly, you know, it was kind of fun though, to be honest with you, hopping over these plants, (laughs) you know, scraping your legs on, on these desert. I learned very quickly. Desert plants have like little razor blade pokey things on them. (laughs) Sure do. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyways. Learned that too. <laughs> so I loved going up, dude. Going up was cool. It was really fun seeing all the leaders of the race coming down who were just like sprinting down this mountain, hopping over rocks and stuff. <laughs> the, the best part for me was the downhill stuff was like a little treacherous at times, but still that is just fun when you can really get moving. For sure, man. So you get to the top and then you run for a little mile with the best views ever. You know, you're seeing mm-hmm. all of Monument Valley from the top of one of these. I mean, dude, crazy. Like brings tears to your eyes. I wish I could have just stayed up there all day, honestly, and just watched the sunset from up there. But uh, but you can't. So then you come back down and going down, honestly, out of the whole entire day, I I. Spent yesterday morning writing my highs and my lows through the whole entire event. Um, Mm -hmm. And probably the biggest high for me, besides the finish line and seeing you guys at the aid stations, was heading down Mitchell Mesa. Because I just love the... It's kind of like a video game where you're jumping from rock to rock to rock and you're trying to like make sure you land correctly and not fall off the entire mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And you're throwing your arms up to balance and you kind of look like you kind of look like a, a primate or a Bigfoot <laughs> or a Bigfoot, if you will. I wrote rock hopping like a Bigfoot on the way down. And it's just tons of fun for me, you know, honestly. And mm-hmm. towards the bottom, I saw Travis coming up and just chanting Travis, 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 Travis. <laughs> it was super cool. So um, finish that, man. Felt good. Uh you know, so that was the out and back, back to the, the Three Sisters aid station is where you go to then head out on a different on route. On a right? different loop. And honestly, man, like mental stuff, psh, the start of the race is all you're excited. You're jittery. Adrenaline, excitement. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. It's going. That. You get the cool view. And like the view was one of the first stops, obviously. So I said break it down to mm-hmm. sections. The third yeah. section was seeing this amazing view. And, you know, and then you're also kind of consciously thinking about, am I getting enough water? Am I getting enough food? Am I getting enough uh, electrolytes? Things like that. So you're kind of doing all that is, calculation. Is the gear I'm wearing right? Should I, t- it, uh, am I getting warm enough that I can take a layer off? Like, kind of like assessing all the guesses that you made in the beginning of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and your plan when you started, you're just reassessing if it's all still the plan or we need to adjust. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because you have to like you do have to make a lot of adjustments out there. I think based on different factors that happen, you Dude. know, as a lot can happen. I don't know if you can relate, but I was going to ask if you had any kind of like repetitive injury. Um, the example I had is like I kept for whatever reason I kind of like brush the inside of my right ankle with the sole of my shoe. You do it like once or twice, no big deal. But you do it like fifteen times. Now it's a thing that starts to like affect your running do you have any like little reoccurring things that got bigger as the race went on uh i didn't honestly but it makes me laugh that you say that because i've done that exact same thing <laughs> you know what i mean you just kick the you just kick your own ankle i yeah. don't even know how to describe it maybe maybe i have some built up like uh what's that called scar tissue there or something <laughs> yeah um, yeah you probably do yeah no i didn't really have anything like that uh Nothing. I mean, obviously, eventually soreness kicks in, and then that's a, like a huge, yeah. huge deal. But nothing, nothing that was bothering me for the first half of the race. The first half of the race, okay. I felt really, really good. Um, nice. 
So when you got back to the Three Sisters Aid Station, yeah. after doing that blue loop, you've gone how many miles total? I think, oh man, I have the thing right here. Uh, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess 16 because... Is, okay. Because yeah, I then, think that's right, because green was like 10, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, because then the next loop was the green loop, and it's called the Arches Loop, and that was 10. So, and that would and, be the And at that point, you would have done or a marathon. A full yeah. marathon, yeah. Um, yeah. So the green loop, dude, oh my God. It's so crazy because... The whole entire course is beautiful. Yeah. There's not one I, it section. It was interesting to hear people's, you, you could hear throughout the day people's opinion of the different sections. And like some people would say the green was the most just like beautiful. But then you hear about the story of the blue loop on the top of that mesa overlooking the entire valley with the mittens like below you. And it's hard to say that that's not the most beautiful part of it. So it's, it's yeah, that whole area was one amazing scene after the other. Yeah, man. So you kind of rounded the corner and you actually got in the valley, I guess. And as you're running, it's interesting because you're passing all these places where Navajo people live on this reservation. And it's just kind of interesting to see uh, how they live because it's, you know, it's a completely different feeling than being in the middle of a city, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And dude, they wake up and have this amazing view every single day. It just blows my mind. <laughs> the thing, part of the experience of driving out there and going through, you know, some more well-populated areas like Phoenix and Scottsdale, and then like you start to drive. From my experience coming from the south, it's less and less populated. You go through the high desert where there's actually snow, and the low desert, and there's less and less people, and more and more sand and rock. And eventually you can't help but ask yourself, like, why would anyone live out here? <laughs> Nothing. But you get to wake up to the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life every day. <laughs> every so, single day. And as you're yeah. running along, you're seeing these horses and cattle that are just kind of free range, free roaming, free range, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was just so cool. And, uh, you know, at one point, dude, <laughs> at one point on the green loop... I turned the corner and it was the area that later I learned was called Big Hogan, which is essentially this giant, I don't want to say cave, but it almost looks like a cave, Uh, but it's huge in this rock. And I literally out loud to nobody said, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then the lady behind me also was like, oh shit. (laughs) What, what I, I don't it just took my breath away. I don't your know head. How to why, describe why is that an oh shit you know, what was the why oh shit it's just kind of this geologic feature that i've never seen before and did not expect because i think at that point we're on a bunch of little sand dunes and you know you're seeing the cliffs and it's it's so beautiful but you're starting to get used to it you know and you're in the in the valley so you're surrounded by all these different cliffs and then you just turn the mm-hmm. corner and you see this thing that you've never seen before in your whole entire life. And there's just, it just like punched me in the gut for a second with how amazing it was. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it, man. You, you see something exceptional after seeing everything you thought either you were going to see. There's an exception, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then you go home and you look it up on Google and it's, it's cool looking, but it's not the same as like being there in that moment barely anyone else mm-hmm. around and you just see this thing. So, so yeah, man, that was, that was quite something. Uh, 
my thoughts well, during that area from what I heard was it had a lot of arches and like um, that's what I heard anyway there's a lot of different like arches and really cool just geology happening all around you in that area oh yeah Oh yeah. So, you know, at that point I, I knew the green loop was 10 miles. So I knew that was going to be about an hour and a half for me. Um, and so, and I wasn't, I, I didn't, at times I was finding people to run with and chat with and stuff, which, you know, takes some time and, uh, gets your mind well, off can, what the repetitiveness. Can I ask about that for a second? Yeah. The, cause there is kind of a, yeah, I like contradictions. I like a dichotomy. There's this weird thing that, you're out there and it's competition and it's also comrades. Like you're going to make it through this terrible thing together and everyone out there, the trail running community, by the way, is like the nicest people you've ever met in your entire life. They're all pretty hardcore, but, but like <laughs> the nicest group of people. And so you can you just meet some super friendly people out there, but at the same time you're also in a race and there is something about, passing somebody and not getting caught and the competition of it. That's also an aspect of a race. Definitely. But I guess the competition part doesn't really kick into the second half. And for about, I don't know, like I was going to say half the people, but for some people during the second half, it then you, you know, you're supposed to be competing then, but then that's when it becomes just, a gut check or a competition with yourself or all the competition has just been beaten out of you at that point And you just are right. like, I just want to finish. <laughs> yeah. Get this over with. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was, I was chatting with people here and there, but I, I put in the headphones for a bit for probably four or five, well, probably four miles. Um, what's, what's on the headphones? Cause I, I love a, a good random running playlist. Like what, Anything in particular that you put on there or just shuffle or what randomly came up? So I, I made a whole playlist before this. I, I do some things before a race that just kind of for the purpose of getting me excited to go and have this experience. And so one of the things is making a playlist. Uh, and a lot of times in ultras, I don't like to listen to my headphones for the whole race. I think that kind of takes away from the experience for me anyways, like, if you're out there and you do that, if you put music in from the get go and you finish with music, like good on you, you know, but for me, yeah. I don't want to listen to them the whole time. Cause that's not one of the purposes I'm doing. The One of the purpose purposes for me to do the race is to give myself a significant amount of time to be with my own thoughts without having distractions, which without having to do lists, um, just me and myself to really work some things out that maybe I've been struggling with, um, in life. So, but at the same time, I also know the power of rewards. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I told myself once I got to around mile, like over mile 20, I would listen to the headphones for a bit. So I made this big playlist. I had pretty much anything you can imagine on there. Uh, but the but the songs that came up <laughs> at this point of the race for me, I, I threw on a couple like craptastic pop songs just oh, to don't make... you start apologizing before you say what your guilty pleasures are. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was your what was the embarrassing one that came up that you're embarrassed to say right now? So yeah, uh I, I also the other day I wrote down what did I learn about myself and I wrote down I think dot 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 
that dot 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 Katy Perry's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, me and Katy had a few moments in the desert together where uh, you know, it was just me and her. She was she was giving me some motivation, you know. Uh, so that was silly. It made me laugh. I'm they not gonna bail you out right now. <laughs> both both of them that I put on my on my playlist came on right in a row, which was hilarious. Uh, so you know I'm going like through the, the desert. I like the randomness, I like the randomness of a running podcast. To be honest, I like the there's just stuff that's like obviously for like upbeat running, and there's like motivational stuff. You gotta have some silly. Some yeah, like be silly man. Spirit lifting items in there. You gotta have some. Hey, you gotta have a good mix. You, you know? do, dude. Because right after Katy Perry came on, uh, Velvet Underground's song "Heroin" came on, which is an amazing, just crazy. Like I, I put on some songs that I just want to like zone out to. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. That one's a crazy song, man. Uh, so yeah, listen to it if you've never heard of it. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like there are moments in that song where it's really slow and then it picks up to like intense moments and then it slows down again. And it was just, yeah, that was a great one, but it was just fun. I was laughing. I'm like, man, I can't, I'm such a dork. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, I started off with like the uh, the Breaking Bad theme song because I was in the desert. <laughs> there, I, you, I had a couple of desert themes. I had these like Southwestern, like kind of like. Yeah, man. Uh, Mexican style, like a couple good songs. I was like, this is perfect for where I am right now, dude. Yeah. If you want some good yeah. southwestern songs, uh, like old timey 1960s stuff, uh, Marty Robbins, <laughs> look up his CD that's okay. like, uh, it's something like Gunfighter Ballads, and it's hilarious and amazing <laughs> all at once. I would just, I would love for I just now I'm picturing Marty Robbins is like. There's going to be a, a slight uptick in sales for him all of a sudden, and <laughs> yeah, from the it's called the like a bigfoot the like a bigfoot boost. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of, real point. quick, I didn't laugh that hard. I'm sorry. Real quick, I was thinking like we should start a like a bigfoot uh, Travis Stephan book club because every time I talk to him, he recommends some books. Um, and I started them today. I'm, on, I'm fully on board with the Travis Stephan Book Club. If you want to join me, uh, the books are Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, which Travis went on a rant about in episode 10. And then... Yeah, uh, he, I, I heard some about this book, and he, he still loves this book. It's a great book. I mean, it's basically the, the concept is you are responsible for all of your decisions and the moment you're in and the outcomes that have happened in your life are based from your decisions and you need to take extreme ownership of those decisions uh yeah you because of that you really won't hear travis uh blame outcomes on anything anyone else, else. Which, like dude, <laughs> or anything else getting to know? getting to travis's race i mean he went through some obstacles man and you know he wasn't I mean, I guess we'll get into this a little bit tomorrow night, but you heard someone who... I know. There's part of it. You and I both know what he did, so it's really hard not to kind of like be... It was so absurd before he started, and it's so crazy what he accomplished. Awe-inspiring. very cool. Afterwards. And, you know, you every once in a while in races, you hear people complain about stuff, and like I'm sure I complain too a bit about, like, oh, my legs, you know, but... 
But at the same time, man, like you signed up for it. You signed up for it. This is fun, quote unquote, for you. (laughs) So, you know, enjoy it, in my opinion. But uh, the other book really quick is called The Daily Stoic. And it basically um, Mm. is little brief explanations of the stoicism philosophy, um, but explained by Ryan Holiday in a very easy to understand way because in the past I've bought uh, Marcus Aurelius who was uh, emperor of Rome or whatever is it emperor of Rome you're asking the wrong guy but I think you're I think so but I don't know he was that dude in Rome <laughs> and uh, it was it was his writings I think it was called um, meditations or something and you know great book but it took like 10 minutes to understand a paragraph so I can't read books yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, long story short, I finished it. Long story. Uh, I finished the green loop, got back to the three sisters. And honestly, oh, I was geez. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold oh on. yeah. We're back <laughs> in. We jumped back in. Okay. Okay. I was, I was on the great stoic and Travis's book club. I didn't know if there's going to be a third. No. Nah, so, so far there's only two. We'll see tomorrow night. We'll have to get, have him give, give us another book. Um, so okay. just me and Katy Perry running through the desert. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you okay? So I, I want to know. I imagine you. So obviously you start out and it's very bunched up, and you go to the mesa, and there's a little more of a separation. And but you get to run into these 50ks that are going at a slower pace than you, obviously. Um, when the 50 milers come through, I'd imagine that's a different pace than the 50ks. Well, it's just it's but not. Eventually, it's not like, a different pace. It's where you're at in the pack so in the 50 miler if you're at the front of the pack in the 50 miler you're obviously going faster than the middle of the pack for the 50k um and so Mm -hmm. on you know if you're in the middle of the pack you're obviously going faster than the the slower back of the pack you know and yeah i mean the thing about ultras is dude good on everybody for doing it run your own pace if you find yourself running someone else's pace like i'll get to in a little bit that's when you can find yourself in big trouble. Uh, well, I guess what I wanted to ask two things from that, I, I guess the point I was getting at is like how spread out are you now? Are you seeing people in front of you constantly and people behind you constantly? Or is there more gaps between like there's someone that's uh, 50 feet ahead of me and there's someone that's like a quarter mile behind me? Like I, how spread out are you now after doing the green loop? So you're, I was still around a lot of people. Um, and so at that point of the race, that was kind of the, uh, a little bit of a bummer cause I signed up for the event to get a little bit of isolation, to get a little bit of the whole, like the feeling of being alone in the desert, but also feeling safe about it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the course is so well marked, you're not going to get lost. Um, yeah, getting lost wasn't going to happen. I mean, I, the dark could have changed a few things. The dark like, would have been interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's still people but, around. And I, I texted Lindsay right before I started the green loop. Um, and I just said I'd be be back at the aid station about an hour and a half. If if you guys could make it down there, that would be great. And Well, and I was, I, I was just getting done with my race. And then there was the jumping in the car with the fam yeah. and trying to get out and meet you guys. It became this <laughs> it became a bit of a rat race. We're going from one station to the next. We just missed you, but you're on Uncle Saw. You didn't even race to this other one that had a. You had to go through a gate that says "Do not enter." So we're like, <laughs> we just assumed. <laughs> um, but we eventually got to the aid station. Um, 
but anyway, continue where, where you were. Yeah, so this was like mile 26. Uh, I saw my aunt and uncle there, which was which was awesome. And, and my aunt, <laughs> you know, gave me a... She's like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I just ate and drank a bunch. Uh, I think I'm good. And she's like, here, take this ginger ale. I'm like, all right, don't turn down your elders. So I threw the ginger ale in my, in my little pack, uh, my little vest I was wearing. And honestly kind of forgot about it until way later. And I was so grateful that she gave me that That's ginger awesome. ale. It kind of saved not saved, I mean, saved my life would be like a way huge overstatement, but... But but in the moment, there are some intense <laughs> feelings that you got to go... You think for a little while about like... <laughs> so you get to that place sometimes, I would imagine, in, in a race like that where you go like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> it has to like creep into your mind every now and then you shush it away. But yeah, that you never, get concerned dude, out in the desert. Here's the thing I learned about myself. Um even in my lowest moments, and I had some pretty low moments later on in the race, but even in my lowest moments, the word quit never came into mind. It, I didn't even think about that at all. Um, yeah. It was never, for me, it was never that I wasn't going to finish. It was just, what am I going to have to go through <laughs> to get to the finish? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of that, man. I honestly am. Uh so, so I'd like, there's two things from two things that you've said now that I want to like ask about, but one, I want to put a pin in this, but like the importance of pain and suffering, like <laughs> it's a lesson that you've learned through trail running and long distance running, but like both you and Travis have been kind of been preaching the amount of the, how this like pain and suffering that you put yourself through, how it actually has a lot of benefit in all kinds of ways. But the other thing was just I want to ask about running someone else's pace. And, yes. like, the to go back to something you said way earlier, sorry to go way that far back, but I guess, like, knowing when to have restraint, knowing when to increase the pace, and even, like, knowing when to stop. Not quit, but, like, stop. <laughs> Take a breather or whatever, like, whatever it is. I don't know if you ever had to, but. I did. Just you needing to do that throughout the race, like um, take some self-control and take some like self-awareness as well. It does. I, one of the hardest things in ultra race is the first mile when everybody is going way too <laughs> <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> yep. And just, yep. I don't uh, like I mean, being passed. Dude. That. <laughs> My ego doesn't like being passed at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And at the beginning going slow and people are passing you or, you know, pulling over to take pictures or having to go to the bathroom and the people you just passed are now passing you. And you're like, oh, man, like, yep. it takes restraint. And that comes with experience, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, honestly, I I'm a I'm a cautious racer. Uh, I okay. I don't ever want to get a DNF, which is called, which is do not, did not finish. Um, so I always kind of tend to err on the side of caution a bit on these races. Now I've done half marathons in the past where I'm like, I'm just going to sprint and see how long I can I was gonna sprint. Say, when do you go full out? Like what's the, the number where you go full out versus like you half straight for me, it's half marathons, half marathons. I can go full out and sustain for whatever, however long it takes to finish. 
but nice. but these ones yeah take some restraint and then later in the race you know when you're alone in the desert and finally some people catch up to you and you're like oh good i feel good with some company a bit mm-hmm. but they're going a lot faster than you would choose to go let like having them like telling yourself to slow down in that case that's a difficult too um oh interesting because there's almost like a like hanging out with these guys (laughs) well that's it man and so let's like i guess we'll just get there so i eventually ran to the aid station at 33 miles it was east mittens again and uh Mm -hmm. that's when i got the joy of seeing you and Lindsay and and (laughs) zoe and harper were asleep in the car so they didn't really see me but i gotta see them so somehow the rockiest craziest bumpiest ride out dead asleep <laughs> that's right what happens yeah <laughs> and you know probably two two miles before that is when it really started i started feeling feeling it i started feeling a little bit bad um just exhaustion mostly uh i guess how does that manifest is it just like heavier legs less uh oxygen or bad stomach or I guess, how do you, I, I've compared it to like just, you just downshift to a lower gear and you're just not running it where you were. Like, yeah. literally, not the same RPM or output. I would say it was a kind of a combination of energy slash starting to feel muscle soreness. Um, luckily, I was mm-hmm. running with a guy, uh, Mike, who's a cool dude, um, and we were just chatting. So that was a good, good thing to take my <laughs> mind off of it, you know. It was it was excellent. I was so glad he showed up in that moment, so I could have someone to chat with. To so I could. You've got a pretty good track record of making friends along the yeah. races. <laughs> yeah, man, and he was an awesome dude. He was also a teacher, so you know we're talking about that, and we actually there talked about this podcast a bit. Um, so well, when you guys rolled into um, that aid station and we were there. He's the one that yelled out, oh, there they are, like, <laughs> where you'd clearly been talking about, like, your wife and kids and aunt and uncle and, like, the group that you came up with. Yeah, so, man. Dude, I was awesome. I was so excited to see you guys. Like, you didn't even – as soon as I rounded the corner and saw – I saw you start walking out from the car, and then I saw Lindsay, and she had Harper's little kid binoculars around her neck. Like, <laughs> the little kid so binoculars were so clutch. Yeah. The little kid – Binoculars were incredible. <laughs> it was it provided the best comedy, <laughs> like because they worked a little bit. They did a little <laughs> bit, right? To, yeah, they, they actually worked a little bit. But then you know you had to be seen as an adult with these like little kid plastic and blue and pink binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So unfortunately, oh, I, I at that moment my stomach was acting up a bit, so I like sprinted to the little bathroom. Uh, and that was funny too. Well, you gave you, you gave no indication of being uncomfortable, but yeah, all of a sudden there's a little window in those things. Yeah, there's a little window, so I unzipped it and like because I heard you guys talking outside of it, and I just like waved with my fingers, like a little <laughs> finger wave at you guys. <laughs> and so you know that's the point, man. Go into aid stations, put a smile on your face, joke around, even if it's if it's with the people you know, or if it's just with the people who work at the aid stations. Like have a good time and. And well, having a good attitude out there helps a lot. Exactly. You, I mean, you know that you can't get through something like that with a bad attitude and like getting down on yourself. Like, I don't know if other people are out there 
that can make it through a 50 mile race and that's their attitude the whole way <laughs> then or even like a significant part of the way but that's part of what you're battling out there so even when you like could confide in someone and be like oh it's not going so well like pushing that down i guess even it, it's uh, it's part of the skill of continuing on with a good attitude i guess exactly well and smile. even putting a smile on your face I mean, it gives you some endorphins. It does, and it makes you feel mm-hmm. okay. And actually, the thing I wanted to mention here, uh, about this time, I started using advice from... This is just shameless self-promotion, but... <laughs> <laughs> using advice from one of our previous guests, uh, Mr. George Kittle, uh, Iowa Hawkeye tight end, future NFL, NFL player. Um, he told me on here that for a while he wrote a little R on his wrist. And oh, that's right. After every play, right. he would hit the reset button, and it, just a reminder to tell himself that nothing that happened before mattered. This is a whole new thing. This is a new moment. Um, be present in it. And so about that time, I started hitting the reset button on my wrist, and I would actually like kind of tap my wrist, and it would make me mm-hmm. feel... It honestly would make me feel better for a few minutes, and then I would have to do it again. Re- <laughs> that, that reset button, you know, that's a good little concept that he pointed out there, especially if you have, like, you got to get over it and get past it and get back to where you were. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like nothing that Great. happened before this moment matters. All that matters is this moment. It was just that reminder mm-hmm. was really important for me. So, Well, <laughs> talking about long run, like, um, it can get a little uninteresting because essentially it is just like one foot in front of the other. It's, it's a fun. Super yeah. repetitive thing. Um, and so it, it is very simple and mechanical that way. But my gosh, it's like a billion things doesn't like don't go into it. But the, and the things going on inside your own head is what makes it to me is what makes it interesting. Um, because up until seeing you guys at the aid station, I was pretty good, like positivity pretty much the whole way. Seeing you guys at the aid station, like I was, I was so happy to see you, but at the same time, I was making sure I was looking happy <laughs> so you guys wouldn't worry. Yeah. Because um, I was starting you said, to You get, said it too. You said it. You gave one little, like you flinched a little. And when we left, I, I told Lindsay too. Because you said, how you doing, man? You go, just put on a good face, man. Like, and you just were all smiles and happy and like good attitude and like happy. You're like, anything? I don't really even need anything, really. Like, you just were. <laughs> yeah. Showed like no big deal. But we drove away, and I was like, you know, Chris does have that. Where later he's gonna come up to me and be like, dude, when I saw you guys, I was really having a hard time. <laughs> like, I wasn't having a hard time, but I was starting to feel the, like, the darkness slowly coming in you know what i mean (laughs) i could feel it in the distance i guess Mm -hmm. um so you did the 50k distance at that point right yeah and that's the race i'm used to i'm used to a 50k i've only done a 50 mile Mm -hmm. one other time um so in this point for me in in training sometimes and like um well at the distance you haven't done yeah that's 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 a different kind of territory but um another shameless plug i can't remember i think it was your relative that does stage races yeah susan uh that was aunt marilyn uncle joel's or aunt marilyn's daughter and um you know she remarried uncle joel just (laughs) i'm not 
<laughs> just family dynamics really quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, family tree. Yeah. Um, it was like, now the training starts. I think it's something that she said, and I might be wrong about that. I might be mixing that up with like a ritual podcast. But <laughs> the, um, that moment sometimes, like, I think it was helpful when you hit that, like, uh-oh. Let's see. Well, this is why we trained. Like exactly. Where we all that work is for this point now when it gets real, and we're in we're in territory we haven't been in before. Like yeah. here's why we trained. Well, and <laughs> this so is why we're here. And so leaving that aid station, um, this was the most significant part of the race for me. It was seven and a half miles out to what's called Brigham's Tomb, which will like haunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was seven and a half miles and that's at that point, that's going to take an hour and a half to two hours, you know? Um, yeah. And for Eventually me, you meet up and you do the same, the same route that I did in the half marathon. Like the, some of that is identical to what I did. Eventually. Even the four, even the, um, there's a bit a high point in there. <laughs> exactly. So, so I started heading out and. You know, this was to me, this was the most important part of the whole entire race, like reflecting on it, because this is the moment where after 10 minutes, I realize I'm looking behind me to see if anyone's catching up or ahead of me to see if I can catch up. And I can see someone like way in the distance, barely. And I keep barely seeing them. But Mm -hmm. I look around and I'm completely alone in the desert because this was the point where the 50 milers split off from the 50K people. And yeah, so it's, com- it's good that I think everyone out there, I hope, I hope, well, unless they're running with a partner or someone, but I hope everyone got a moment out there like that, because that's part of that journey is to find yourself in the desert and just be alone. That's, uh, I think that was so essential. Yeah. Um, not, I that wanted that isolation. There. I wanted the quiet space, um, to think. And so, you know, First 20 minutes is amazing. I'm just having the time of my life. I'm like, I'm alone in the desert. Like, this is super cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after that, dude, I don't know what happened. It's <laughs> your mood. Your mood just changes so much. But all of a sudden, the darkness just mm-hmm. hit. And I, my physically, I felt terrible. Emotionally, I was coming off the high of seeing you guys. And I was just hitting the lowest point. Um, I was starting to get, I don't want to say lightheaded because I don't want anyone to like think I was putting myself in any danger, but just the exhaustion, like you're, you're just not, you're starting to get punch drunk almost. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get a little bit loopy. A bit loopy. Yeah. And I'm just hitting the low point, man. And I'm starting to do the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my music in because maybe that'll boost me. And I'm going to run for mm-hmm. a song, and I'm going to walk for a song. Run for a song, walk for a song. Um, well, I was just going to going to ask, like, so you hit a point like that, and then do you have anything in your back pocket that you've saved that you haven't used yet? Like, I, I guess you, like you said, you start music. Like, okay, I haven't listened to music really up until this point, so bring that back on and see if that affects anything. Or yeah. eat more food or... I don't know, like different things that you can pull out of like, okay, I haven't tried this yet, but you've been eating throughout. So I don't know what you would have been holding off until like some 
turbo button. Well, Lindsay shoved <laughs> some. Uh, Lindsay shoved some like little kid applesauce because I was like, I can't. I only had three goos the whole race, but I'm like, I can't have any more goos. Like they're disgusting, and that's all I had with me. <laughs> so yeah, no, I had I had one. I had my first experience using those, I had a little stomach twinge for a second there good thing i never tried another one because that what could have been a problem dude i'm telling you so yeah so i just kind of ate some applesauce and it didn't it didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> and i listened put yeah. put the music on but i was like damn dude like katie perry already played what <laughs> not kidding uh <laughs> my secret weapon my secret weapon um so at one point it was funny the the song uh horse with no name which like been through the desert oh, yeah. on a horse with no name and i was like i'm just so <laughs> cheesy man <laughs> i'm just a dork <laughs> so that made me laugh uh but man i can tell you the exact song that was playing and it's funny because every time i listen to that song from now on i'll i'll remember how just all of a sudden, I just felt terrible. It was When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin came on. That's part of my run playlist, too. It's and a great some, song. I, I, skipped that, I skipped it early. I ended up like, next. Yeah. Uh, at some point. It wasn't the right. It wasn't what I needed at that time. It, it came on, dude. And all of a sudden, just all the stuff in my life I was dealing with, and which isn't anything crazy. I mean, it's just everyday stresses and, and self you know, like figuring out, like, I'm just like my ego at times I feel is way too sensitive. And so starting to think about that and, you know, just, well, I think one of the things that is, um, super valuable uh, an observation that I had over the last year, I've been running for like the last year and an observation that I've had is <sighs> part of the value in running, obviously for your health, but the mental health side of it is that you, if you go on a long run, you tend to like confront some things that you haven't like said, been willing to say out loud to yourself before. So now you're thinking it finally. Exactly. And you do a lot of self-reflection and you do become hopefully a little more self-aware and evolved as a person is a result of this. As part of what the hook of running is, is that you do some inner work as well as outer work at the same time. I'm sure. So I'm doing the inner work for sure. And I'm thinking about all the moments yeah. I've gotten like, irrationally mad about like dumb things or stressed out hanging out like you know i'm a stay-at-home dad there are moments that are stressful <laughs> and you get you get upset at your kids and you're just like why what's the like why does that even happen you know when all i want to do right now in the middle of the desert is see my daughters and like give them a big mm -hmm. kiss on the cheek or something it's like why why am I letting those stresses happen day to day? It makes no sense in my cozy house on my cozy couch while I'm watching cozy Netflix. Like, <laughs> well, it's not, it while I'm, like you're, yeah, yeah. Taking, you're taking a second to be like grateful. I'm being know, grateful. And I'm like, I have so much to be thankful for. And yet still, even while knowing that I let things bug me and I get, upset at times and i'm like this makes no sense so i'm starting to think about that and then honestly man i'm gonna be super honest right now i was worried about travis and at that moment because i because i was feeling yeah so you know bad. your level of fitness your level of exactly. fitness and you're having that moment at that stage in the race and you're exactly. wondering about our good friend who does not have your level of fitness for this for that <laughs> and no. where he's going to be when he hits here and still has i don't know how many miles left at this point 
I mean, it was at least 12 at this point. So I'm like, at least another, at least basically a half marathon left. Yeah. So I'm thinking about Travis and I'm starting to just be a little bit concerned. Cause I'm like, what did I get him into? <laughs> you know? And, and then I, and then, so eventually these people passed me and, um, yeah, I'm just starting to feel queasy a little bit. And mm-hmm. there were some like weird noises Okay. I don't know how gotcha. like okay, and not for me. <laughs> but so hearing these noises make me almost want to start barfing. And in normal everyday life, like it wouldn't be a big deal, but at this moment it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. Oh, okay. So I think people might be confused. People that were running near you, and they're one of the people that was running, was making a sound while running that made you want to pee. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, like to each their own. I don't it like I said, in normal everyday life whatever like this wouldn't even register on my radar but at this point i'm like oh man yeah. I'm gonna, this sound is you had, some, you had some pretty raw nerves at that point and so that was the yeah your nerves are a little raw and that abrupt kind of like noise is almost a little bit guttural made you like okay i can't keep hearing this on repeat yeah exactly. I understand. and then i'm also like <laughs> expecting every hill i'm expecting every little hill we're running up to have the aid station because i i don't wear a watch i don't have the whole thing that tells me the amount of miles i don't have the time i don't like mm-hmm. i don't like that necessarily um well there's that going on feel thing yeah i agree with that there's going on feel but but so that means I don't know exactly how far I am into this section. And I guess I just mm-hmm. overestimated how far I was running because I kept being like, okay, Brigham's tomb aid station has to be soon. And at this point I ran out of water in both my bottles and I'm like, mm. Oh my God, it has to be like in the next 10 minutes. And so I, I eventually start getting there. My, every muscle in my leg cramps up every single one. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking back to high school football where if you get a cramp in your leg, you lay down the sideline, everyone rushes over, they carry you off, and you get to sit out a couple of plays. Um, yeah. And the evolution from that to I played rugby in college where if you got taken out of the game in rugby, you can't go back in. It's one of the rules. Mm-hmm. And so if you got a cramp in rugby, you just kind of tell people like, hey, man, don't pass me the ball. Like I'm going to kind of jog around for a bit until it goes away um and then the evolution into this which is like every single muscle in your legs cramp up you're like i just gotta keep going (laughs) and so we finally got to brigham's tomb uh drank some brigham's tomb puts you how far away from the end though brigham's tomb is 10 miles from the end and it's you've got 40 miles okay yeah so if you watch forrest gump it's when he stops running that whole geologic structure in the background, that's Brigham's tomb. And we're basically on the side yeah. facing the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Bearded Tom Hanks. <laughs> and so I was trying to think about that. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be like, dude, Tom Hanks was standing on that roadway out there. Um, <laughs> and we start running. I'm running with another dude now. And it's, it's cool. Like we're chatting and stuff like, Obviously, the pace is slow down because you're you're well, growing. Can I ask what, what happens? So you get to the aid station, and what for anyone listening? Like, what are you grabbing to eat, to drink? Are you what do you what do you like? What is your go-to there? What's available? Because people don't really know. So I was what thinking, is what is that? A desert marathon or desert uh, ultra marathon aid station? Yeah, there's like every food you could possibly imagine. So chips, 
um ms trail mix like dude anything you could want possibly in that moment and so i was thinking to myself you know i need to grab some just like straight up actual water because up until that point i was having like gatorade and like this electrolyte drink and stuff but i'm like i think i just need Mm -hmm. water at this point so i had that i had some i had to try to do like a a whiskey glass of pickle juice which is disgusting will you explain this to me because there's a few things that show up that like i'm surprised by ginger ale shows up ginger ale is just the best shows up um there's a few other ones that i just like i don't understand why pickle juice pickle juice apparently has stuff that makes cramps go away (laughs) (laughs) i don't know beyond that man honestly uh experienced as you are running that should not be your answer. <laughs> like, it makes cramps go away. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. It well, tastes, I guess. I mean, well, if you know that, that's. I mean, that's all you really need to know. Yeah. So it tastes it like tastes crap. Good. Can you just drink? Pickles? Oh, no, I hate it's terrible. Man. The other guy. I know people love pickles, but ugh. the other guy I was running with, who I didn't happen to catch his name, but he, we like asked the people at the aid station because they had a jar of pickles. We're like, can we just can you just pour some of that juice for us? And <laughs> he downed the pickle juice like a champion. Like champion level pickle juice drinking at that point, and <laughs> that's a great. And phrase. I'm like sipping champion on pickle, level pickle juice drinking. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is exactly how you know I go about any sort of hard alcohol too. Like I'm slowly like sipping on it, like oh, this is terrible. And that guy's just like Aww. manning up, just hair on his chest, chugging pickle juice, and. Uh, <laughs> And I can't even finish it, and I feel bad because I asked. So it's this. like it's a task for you. It's like it's not easy to do pickle juice, but you know that it helps cramps. Okay. Well, at that moment too, though, like I was telling you about my stomach starting to feel a little bit queasy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, pickle juice! But I have to do it. Um, so I have my glass, <laughs> and I grab a handful of M Ms and I start taking off, uh, chatting with this guy for a while. We finally turn this corner uh, and we see the mittens again, and I'm like. We're almost home. They're so close. And obviously, uh-huh. you're still super far away. Um, At this point now, you're coming around Sentinel Mesa. Is that right? No. So we're not even there yet. We're still on Brigham's tomb. Uh, and so then uh-huh. we we go down and we have to climb up this 400-foot sand dune. Now, we- I didn't know what you were talking about when you said this before, but I know what you're talking about now. I definitely did this as well. Okay. Um so, yeah, I know exactly where you were now. <laughs> okay. So you go up the sand dune, and I was actually, like, welcoming just a change of pace. Like I said, once you just are running for so long, even ch- just changing your stride a little bit to hiking is a kind of a relief. So I was looking forward to it. So it wasn't that bad of a climb. But, uh, but after that, man, it was all sand the whole way, like, a lot yep. of sand and you yeah this is the part yeah. you did at the end of the half marathon and uh, yeah and so you <laughs> know that was a beast i don't there's not much in this section of the story for me except that it's just down and up and down and up and you get to the edge of the mesa that's next to the ending and it just seems mm-hmm. like it goes on forever and the only thing driving yeah. through at this point because i'm like oh like you're walking the tiniest uphills and like like uh yep. limping like i mean i guess it's it suits so you're like limping like john wayne through the rest of the uh the rest of the downhills and the flats and at this point the only thing that 
really got me motivated was all of a sudden the Indiana Jones soundtrack came on and I'm like, Oh, I got to run during this. And I felt awesome during that, like five minutes. Uh, and then, nice. yeah. And then uh, of course, 10 miles, dude, I ended up running out of water again. Cause I only had two bottles and I should have taken something from the aid station, but, uh, but you know, I didn't know. I thought for, I thought there was the people, the person at the aid station said there was a chance that there was water like halfway to the end. And I've done these long enough. That's a critique for me of the race was that like, wasn't great communication between like that, that little section right there. There was some confusion. There was confusion. Yeah. And yeah, that area didn't really have the best. (laughs) It didn't. Organization. I've done this. I've done these long enough to know that that is definitely a possibility of happening where you get faulty information um just because it's volunteers man they don't know the whole race they're not doing the race so no 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 but at this point like i said i'm kind of punch drunk so i'm like okay maybe (laughs) and (laughs) and this is where like i'm running with that mic dude again actually for quite a bit of this where we're passing each other and just going back and forth and he a little cat and mouse between you guys like me a sip of water yeah he was a good dude and i opened my ginger ale and pounded that and then for the last two miles it's just kind of you know that ginger ale that was the ginger ale that you had saved the ginger ale dude from Marilyn and joel i did it saved it was it was a saving grace you know <laughs> right. and eventually dude you get to the top of one because you it kept doing the same thing where i'm like okay i'm gonna get to the top of this one i'm gonna see the ending like i'm gonna see the hotel in the distance and that's where it ended um and it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. And then you finally get up one, <laughs> and you can see it. And you just like, yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I definitely get let out a woo, and a bunch of people did when they saw the same thing I saw. Exactly. And so that's the boost, man. That's the boost you need. And you, you, you don't forget about the pain in your legs because it's impossible. But you, you know, you can temporarily put that aside because you only have a mile left or so. And but did you did you like me have a false woo at seeing the wrong finish line? <laughs> oh no, no! You and Travis did that, didn't you? Travis and I both had the same experience because there was a cluster of buildings that kind of had the shape of where we were staying, where the start finish line was. And so I let out a big woo, and a bunch of people did too. And then we all kind of realized, eventually, like, but it was maybe like. 20 minutes later, like, oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. And then oh. after that, like just running to the finish and I'm following that Mike dude. And, you know, I'm, I guess at the end I was, I was content with staying behind him because mm-hmm. at this point I'm like, I felt like it would be kind of, kind of a jerk move to just sprint by somebody with like, less than a hundred yards to go. You know what I mean? You I was, felt like you would be rude doing that? Like, I honestly did, you... did. I felt like that would be kind of a rude thing, which is funny because there was someone who just did that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you made whatever decision, like, look, it's the last what, like 300 yards. Yeah. Like, and like I said, at this point, after a 50 mile race, you know, you make whatever choice you want. At this point, point, if you're at the front of the pack in these ultra marathons, you're racing it. But if you're where I yeah. was, which might have still been towards the front of the pack, 
my mindset's completely different where I'm like, this is just an experience and I'm finishing this right now. Um, yeah. The, yeah. It, I think that's, and I think that's like probably something that is, for me anyway, conversations about running with other people about when it comes to races and you talk about it, everything that you just said over the last hour and 15 minutes is really insightful into why like you love ultra running, trail running, and kind of this, these adventures. Um, but I think a lot of people look at running as <laughs> what was the distance? How fast do you do it in? Yeah. What's the average mile? Like how many miles or how many minutes per mile? Okay. And I know because like because like, we even worked we even worked out the average mile afterwards and like it was meaningless to me honestly I was like I don't even care what what my average was for the miles because yeah it just yeah. wasn't the point you're stopping for me. you're taking pictures you're like you're I stopped at the aid stations and it's so much longer long. than that you know yeah exactly and so like no regrets man like. I've raced races to race them, and it's a different mindset for sure in those in those but moments. Um, all that said, you're also putting you you're putting out a big effort. You're not taking it easy when no. you're running. Like, wh- when are you pushing uh, during that race? There, when are you like kind of like biting down on the uh, what do you call it? The mouthpiece. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. the last ten miles, dude. After my legs were already cramping up, like. It was definitely biting down the mouthpiece and pushing, but it was pushing in a way that if you if you just saw me, like if this <laughs> if you just stumbled upon me in the desert, you'd be like, Yeah, this guy is like going so slow. <laughs> but that it was it was the craziest that's part of the that's part of the mind well, the mind F. I don't wanna like cuss that off. <laughs> but like you are giving it as much as you can and you're looking you're like I am barely moving, right? Dude, now. <laughs> that was the craziest thing for me physically was the last the last oh, section all the all the yeah. strength from my legs was gone and i'm used to being like a fairly strong dude and like used to having i'm used to feeling strength most of the day you know like with yeah. my body and yeah. with my legs especially and all of it was gone it was a weird feeling like i had no strength in my legs left <laughs> yeah. uh and you're barely picking you're just picking your feet up and putting them down you're like didn't move that time <laughs> yeah man and and like i said earlier and i i just want to make sure i get this point across looking back on it and being in the middle of it and even reflecting a couple of days later the amount of gains that i get on the mental and emotional side from doing something like this just so so far outweigh physical discomfort or pain that you go through um Mm -hmm. i mean dude i just feel like i've grown so much over the course of nine and a half hours or nine hours and 15 minutes or whatever it was um i just have i feel like it was 915 man that was blistering fast (laughs) i feel like i've grown as a human because i got to a point a low point when I was in the middle of the desert and I was stripped down to just my core and I was able to kind of step outside of my situation and just view myself non-objectively (laughs) mostly because I was too damn tired to argue with myself, you know, like I was too tired to make excuses for my actions. I was too tired to, you know, let the ego even come into play. My ego was like, dude, we're taking a break and (laughs) And it was good, man. It was just a great, I just, like I said, I feel like I've grew so much from doing this. And 
you know, I, I need an event at least once a year where I can experience something challenging and really, really have an adventure. I mean, dude, I, I just can't emphasize enough. If you are looking for an event, sign up for something that kind of scares you and sign up for it in a beautiful location and you'll have a great time. And no matter what the event is, even if it's a 5k, if that's something that challenges you and scares you, step up to the plate, man. Like you will not regret it because just having, just accomplishing a goal that you've spent hours and, you know, a bunch of time working towards is so empowering and envision like the goal you're envisioning in your head working towards that and when you accomplish it and when you go across the finish line you're empowered and i don't know i can't remember what it's from but there's a saying that's like once you once you find the way in one thing like in one area of your life it becomes easier to see the way in all areas i guess if that makes sense I know what I know the quote you're saying, and I don't know that. Yeah, I know like, exactly what you're saying. It's something from once like you know the rings way, of power. It's like or once you know the yeah, once you know the way. Mm. Whatever, it's a cool yeah, quote. I can't remember. Who, I know. I'll look Joe, it up it's what Joe Rogan quote that gets brought up a lot. <laughs> it does, and it's true though. Like once you understand what it's like to accomplish something, that's just can. It's just momentum that can push you towards accomplishing the next thing. In a completely different area of life. And I guess in another sense, also going through these hard moments and these dark moments in an ultra marathon where it's kind of a safe way to experience these dark moments is empowering for in real life when when bad things happen to you or the situations completely outside of your control happen and you have to go through these negative negative experiences knowing that you've been there before and mm-hmm. you under you start understanding some things like that you hear all the time like this too shall pass you yeah. you can hear that but once you experience it you, it helps you understand that and i'm not saying it makes a situation easier because if you go through some terrible stuff in your life it's going to be terrible no matter what but it at least helps you kind of Put your put in perspective that that is not necessarily going to completely be a road a roadblock. It's just going to be a little like a speed bump, and it could it's be the shittiest speed it's not, bump. It's not going to crush you. Exactly, it's not going to dismantle who you are. That kind of thing. I I I think it harkens back to when you're we're talking about the importance of pain and suffering. Like when going through a fifty mile race is an extreme thing, especially in the desert and all all the other things considered. That's incredibly extreme. I think it's like probably really hard for people to relate to something that monumental, Monument Valley. Uh, but <laughs> the, but even doing it on a small scale, like introducing kind of like pain and suffering in the form of this kind of exercise, um, and that kind of mental, the the mental aspect of being on a trail run too. It's like it deploy your body deploys antibodies for going through stuff yeah going through hardship and you're better prepared for hardship later on you're essentially you're essentially practicing 
dark moments for because they're going to happen to everybody, man, and not everybody handles them in healthy ways necessarily. Yeah. And dude, we've, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've had dark moments. I've had dark moments. We've all had them in life. And this is just something that helps you kind of just understand, understand. I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't want to like say that if you have gone through something in life, you know, it's not a bad thing because it's obviously a terrible experience no matter what you go through. But this is at least something that gives you an ex- gives you experience with it. I don't want to even say prepares you for it because it doesn't, but it it would give you an experience on how to handle darkness, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The, uh, <laughs> I think anyone listening is like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Do something hard, it, people listening. Yeah, it's it, it's very hard to sum up. Like, it is. What was the most popular question I had today going back to work was, um, how was it? How do you answer? How was, uh, you, how was that race? Listen to the hour 20 <laughs> podcast we just did in which I told my wife before this, this was going to be like 30 minutes long. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure you can cut out as, as, uh, as much of my talking as you need no, man. to cut it down. But, but the... No, it was. Uh, it's really hard to summarize what it is. the weekend was, and you were still processing it. So it's good that you wrote some of it down ahead of time. And like, I don't know. I wanted to ask you a few things too. So I'm glad I got a chance to ask you a couple of the kind of the big questions that I had. You know, even like practical stuff like how you prepared and and how you paced yourself. But you and I both knew, having gone through it, that individually we each went through both physical and mental battles while doing that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a cool club to be a part of having said you've done that. Yeah, man. Well, there's uh, this trail running video on YouTube and it's by this guy named Billy Yang and he does all sorts of ultra marathon videos. He's really good. I think I've um, seen a, I've seen a few of his, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I, the only reason I bring it up is because it has the name life in a day and I think that's what an mm. ultra marathon is, man, because I don't want you to go with the impression that it was like just all darkness and like terrible and stuff. Like there was elated moments. I mean, it was life in a day. It was all of the feelings you possibly could have in nine hours. You know, you go yeah, through you, it all. Want it or not, you're going to go through a range of emotions. Exactly. The race and. You know, it's like one of those, like, don't you ever feel good after a good cry? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of that, man. I, I didn't actually it, f- physically start crying, but there I was on the brink a few times for sure. And then going across the finish line, man, seeing you and seeing Lindsay and, see like, picking up Harper and giving her a big kiss and going over to Zoe and giving her a hug, I mean, dude nothing beats that nothing and it just put it into perspective how important family and friends are and those relationships that you build so so yeah man we should probably wrap this up though because i have some uh some delicious uh meatballs waiting for me (laughs) nice all right man i'll talk to you tomorrow night dude so yeah um i guess let's just do a little wrap up real quick um tomorrow night will be i got all of my thoughts out of the way so I, cause I want to be a completely present host and I want to host your guys stories on the next episode. Um, and I don't want any of my, you know, I didn't want to, 
obviously I had a lot to say. It's been an hour, 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> like I didn't want to feel like I wasn't paying attention and I was just trying to get in what I wanted to say, if that makes sense. I hear you. Well, it's hard not to, after going through that, trust me, I just experienced the, like, I want to interject all my thoughts about my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so the next so, episode will be uh, a sit down with Travis and Brady and, I mean, dude, you have to tune into the, if you've made it this far in this podcast, like you have to listen to the next one because I mean, dude, Brady, you've lost 90 pounds in the last year. I think I'm at 80. I think I don't want to like overshoot. I think okay, it's fine. Whatever. I'm saying 90. You've <laughs> lost 90 pounds <laughs> in the last uh, year, dude. It's, it blows my mind. And this was the uh the kind of <sighs> it was a one year anniversary from when I started running and it there's a I wrote this on my whiteboard in uh, six months ago. Amazing. I wrote down Monument Valley, March twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, half marathon. And yesterday when I got home, uh I checked that box that's been sitting there for six months. So it was it was a pretty cool experience to be able to do that. And like I was happy with my time. I was pretty happy with where, where my time ended up. So. You did great. So, it, so for uh, for you totally for you it was the the accumulation of everything you've gone through in the last year. And mm-hmm. for Travis's story, it was just beast mode. And I don't know how else to explain it. Like it I was, was like, insane. For Travis's story. Tune in tomorrow or the <laughs> for the next podcast. Seriously, because um, I'm gonna take a couple minutes to tell mine next time. But we're gonna probably spend a lot of time on Travis. It, it it blew my mind. Like seeing him cross that finish line was one of the crazier, maybe one of the craziest athletic things I've ever seen in my life. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, for all of our other Like a Bigfoot episodes, you can find us on iTunes uh, at Like a Bigfoot Podcast. Subscribe. If you want to subscribe, subscribe. That'd be cool. I don't know. I'm not a good marketer. Uh, what do you think, Brady? You're doing great, man. <laughs> We have cool like episodes and, and, and all the different things, and it'll come up. Yeah, man. But like, and subscribe, hit the subscribe button so it automatically shows up, and you can to do it once a week. Exactly. There you go. And we have really interesting guests, and I have some really interesting guests lined up for the future. And it's been such a cool little project that I've that I've put together. Um, so join the Like a Bigfoot tribe. Subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. That helps. Um, otherwise, you can find us on SoundCloud and. All the other stuff. Join our Facebook group. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, man. And if you and if you want to listen to any other podcast, I'm sure Travis uh, will recommend Missing Richard Simmons <laughs> because that was a part of his journey, and you'll hear more about that as well. <laughs> Dude, Ri- Missing Richard Simmons was amazing. First of all, uh, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> so good. I feel like I have a pretty good Richard Simmons impression, but I'm not going to do it on the podcast. Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll continue to stay tuned, and we'll see if, you have, if the uh, impression ever does show its face. Exactly. And uh, Richard, if you're listening, I would love to have you on the Like a Bigfoot <laughs> podcast. I think you are just so amazing, and I would have loved to take a class at Slimmons, right? Absolutely, buddy. Wouldn't that be just the craziest experience? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we should wrap it up. So, so yeah, dude, Brady, we'll talk oh. tomorrow night. Uh, I'm really proud of you, though. So, 
You're the man. All right, man. Great talking to you, bud. All right, sign up for something hard and put the work in and accomplish some stuff. You'll be empowered. Peace. Whoopee.